and welcome to Radio R. Welcome aboard the pirate ship. Uh, we are here on the pirate ship. I have two scallywags with me. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they 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 are part. Of, they are part of the very ship. Uh, they they if you know if we ever had to you know battle the armada, they are here to to support us. They will you know if we need backup, we call Veris. And they they will come with their pirate ships, and we will we will take down any enemies we need to. Uh, these days, their government, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, <laughs> hey, you never know when the government fails and it goes down, and we have the the chance one day to build the rebuild the whole system with blockchain. It would be awesome. So today we have Veris Coin. Uh, Veris is a a fifty fifty uh, proof of work, proof of stake, and they came out about um, I, th- I, w- I would say like five months ago, maybe. Uh, uh, launch was May twenty first. May twenty first, guys. Uh, so when it launched, we all went nuts, man. I whipped out all my little computers and you know I dusted them off little laptops I haven't used and I I got those little CPUs cranking I even got a a couple blocks with those little guys and uh, and it it was really popular for for a very long time for miners Uh, if you guys haven't seen it go to veriscoin dot what is it com or io Uh, io yeah io yep Uh, veriscoin dot io always make sure you got the upgraded wallets fellas and today we have with us uh, the you know the commander of the ship, uh, Mike Out. Uh, is, I, I'm not sure what you're, if you want to say your real name. That's up to you, buddy. Oh yeah. Uh, so well, uh, I go by Mike Toot and um, or Mike Tout. Some people say, but it's Mike Tutongi. And uh, I'm I'm lead dev. So you know, commander. We we have like a very decentralized command structure. But I'm in the community. I'm lead dev. Work all the time on it and always working on on the next thing that, that we've got on our vision? Well, yeah, every, every ship has a commander. Every, every <laughs> ship has... <laughs> right. you know, somebody has to steer the ship. So you're, he's the guy that controls the wheel. And uh, we we have... Uh, uh, what, what What's your name again? I'm sorry. Hey, John, John Westbrook. Westbrook. John yeah. Westberg. Are, are you... Oh, man, Westbrook. you sound like a cowboy. Westbrook, <laughs> are you from Texas? Uh, no, <laughs> from the West, California. Uh, the Wild West. I, I, I knew yeah. it was somewhere. There. Yeah. So, so we have a cowboy and a pirate on the show today. <laughs> All right, we're, we're 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 on the we're on the ship. I want you guys to know that we are on the ship at the moment, and they they, they boarded the pirate ship. And uh, as long as we know, don't walk the plank, that's all good. Oh, good. No, you, you know what? People who walk the plank walk it themselves, as I explained <laughs> earlier. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Makes sense. So, uh, so tell tell us how, how did uh, tell us about yourself first. Uh, you know, how did you get into crypto, Mike? Oh, um, actually, it's interesting. So I, you know, I have been in software for decades, and uh, actually started on uh, my own computer-aided design software and then moved to operating system and multitasking software and actually uh, had a a multitasking operating environment that I wrote and used to sell um, that won reviews against uh, Windows 
back in the Windows 2.0 days and against DeskView. And, um, and I ended up kind of moving more and more into larger companies. Uh, eventually at Microsoft, um, was Colonel Dev lead for Windows 95 and then uh, started Java, the Java platform at Microsoft and then started the .NET platform um, at Microsoft and just, you know, moved into larger systems as well. Uh, Holy crap, and, bro. How, how old are you? Oh, I'm, I'm a little up there, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 40. I'm 40. And <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're, just a, you're just a youngin' to me. And that's all right. Because, <laughs> uh, my first operating system, well, my first computer was a Commodore 64. But uh, oh, I, I remember. You know, actually, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty dated because I think my first computer was actually a Commodore PET with, you know, those little uh, cassette tapes where you type in your basic program and store it. That's when I was, I, uh, yeah. I remember, I remember, you know, my parents are aliens from Italy, right? Uh, okay. So they, 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 they go, they, they give me this computer. I'm a kid. I'm, I'm just a kid. And I think I was maybe, I don't know, eight years old or something. Uh-huh. And, and, and they, they go, this is a new, you got to talk to the computer, Angelo. You got to talk to it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I type in, hi, how are you? And it goes, syntax error. Right, right. I'm like, this thing is stupid. <laughs> but over time, though, I think I, I learned how to play games like Joust and put in the floppy disks and run. run oh, you uh, played Joust. You know, actually, a friend of mine um, was the guy who wrote the original Joust. And uh, oh, it's been so many years, actually. I, I visited him one time in Hawaii and... Uh, yeah, he was he was definitely a hardcore game developer of back then. <laughs> yeah. That little oh, every, everybody yeah. wants to be a star, you That's see? Right. Everybody everybody wants to be on radio, even the dog. Yeah. So that little gator used to come out and kill me all the time on Joust. Oh, he used to drive me I, nuts. You know, I've 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 played it a little bit, but I have, you know, I haven't played it a ton, but it was it was fun. I played it in the arcades. Nice. How about you, John? How, how did you get involved in crypto? Oh man, so I well, actually, also well, have a, a... I, you know, I should let me. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I should just, just oh, I'm jump sorry. to the part where I actually got involved in crypto because I was doing yeah, yeah, old stuff, and so just I'll just real quick jump to it. So I was actually doing consulting, uh, machine learning work, and uh, big data systems. And someone actually wanted me to start looking into doing some um, blockchain work for them. And kind of one thing led to another and, and decided that it could be used along with some of the other things that I, um, that I believe need to be done to solve some problems. That's how I got into it. All right. Is that like mainframe work too back in the day that you? Oh no, I, I never, I never really spent much time on mainframes. I was never too excited about mainframes. Mostly big distributed, like you know, I, I used to work on those kinds of systems that would track you and figure out everything about you. And uh, I'd rather kind of do the opposite now. Me, me personally, I worked with the uh, JD Edwards platforms, and then over time we moved into SAP. And yep, uh, I'm more of a, I'm, I'm more of a networking guy. Uh, you know, that's my background. I, that's my degree. That's what I have my degree in: networking, computer networking. So that's, uh, that's know, but, but it's all about that now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember a thing, man. I'm I, I, 
Well, once I got out of that world, I didn't want to look at it anymore. I, it's it's so it's it's so it, it's all about the bottom line with a lot of these companies. That's why I got out of there. I I just hated I hated working for them honestly. Uh, I think the last straw was when I told them that their sand had no uh, redundancy, and and I was telling them that for months. And I'm like, listen, you got all your fucking virtual machines on 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 one sand. What happens if something goes wrong? You're gonna lose all. You're gonna lose your exchange server, your voice server. I mean, you're gonna lose them all. And then something guess went wrong. I, guess what happened? An IBM <laughs> guy comes. And I they call IBM, right, to come fix something. Dude, the guy fucking pulls the plug on the sand. Oh my god, dude, we lost all the fucking a lot. Of, a couple of them survived, but most of them were fucked. And and yeah. you know, dude, I, I spent like 40, 48 hours. I was there for for two, almost two to three days straight, no sleep, rebuilding all the virtual machines, and all all the servers, Exchange servers, every one of them I had to rebuild. And and, and then guess what? The, the, once everything was repaired, the next day, I I had I had the 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 sand. I had a, a second so I had a second drive. I had I found drives on my desk as soon as I walked in. There were drives on my desk. I mean, yeah, here's your redundancy. Now, now, that we, now that we lost all that, yeah. here's your redundancy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was, like, I was like, you fuckers. That, that was it, man. I, I, I gave him yeah. a letter. I was like, listen, I don't want any offers. Don't ask me to fucking stay. I'm out. And, and that was it, man. I was done there. I moved over to right. Verizon for a little while. And then, you know what? Crypto exploded. And you know, I didn't really need to do anything anymore. Uh, you know, I, I love doing what I do now, man. Crypto is fun. And crypto is a, is a cutting-edge technology. Everybody needs to get involved in uh, Everything's going there the way I see it. Uh, you know, we're, we're probably not going to need database admins anymore because everything's going to be on-chain, right? I mean, you know, why... Oh, I don't know about that. I always, you know, there's always, like, this prediction of the death of the last thing, and then they just last for decades and decades, and it's not necessarily the last thing. I mean, crypto... Crypto, in my mind, is going to be core to a lot of what we do, but I'll bet you'll be surprised. See, see you're only 40. That's like, you're, you're young, you know. I'll bet you'll be surprised to see how many of these database admins and database systems and, you know, and, and all of these other things not only survive, but somehow get integrated into the whole thing over time. Oh, yeah. No, th there's still people that need JDE developers. I mean, I can't believe it. There's, there's a lot of uh, old technology people are still using. Uh, just because it was implemented at first and nobody knows how to... And, and, and the cost also. Not that nobody knows, but the cost of changing over to something. Right. That's a... Yeah. Hey, one thing. I, I feel like I interrupted John because John was about to say how he got into everything. And, and I just kind of tried to finish on <laughs> mine. So I don't want to derail fine. everything. No. Okay. Shut, shut up, John. Shut up. We're trying to talk here. <laughs> no, I, that's what I prefer. I prefer to be quiet. Um, well, I I, I kind of got into this through IT. Also, actually, I was I had an IT company for probably about six or seven years um, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and uh, just doing you know networking and all sorts of things like that for clients. And always really interested in tech. Um, but found out about crypto through uh, Steemit, like the the social platform Steemit, and was really just looking at it from a blogging perspective, and then saw that it was tied to cryptocurrency, and um, and that led me down the path of Ethereum. Got into that, and yeah, long story short, uh, 
Komodo was next, and then that's that's how I heard heard about Varus. Um, so really everything, you know, everything within the Komodo ecosystem was really interesting to me at the time, and um, and I I've sort of latched on to Varus since just as um, really my favorite project among all the crypto projects that are out there. And I really I feel like this is. Um, it, it just feels like it fit exactly everything that I was looking for in in a project from day one, essentially. But what, so what do you like about Varus? Uh, and and every, so, there's so many coins out there. I mean, yeah. Varus is just one of there's, there's there's thousands and thousands of cryptos these days. What what makes it? Your- yeah, I know. I you know somebody told me when I first got into crypto, um, it was a it was a friend that I made on in the Steemit community, and. I was asking about different currencies and different blockchains, and and they said, look for the ones that have strong development. Those are the ones you really that are going to survive and be where you want to, where you want to just in, you know, not only invest but invest your time and and energy. And they're they're the ones that are that are doing stuff for the future that's going to be making headway and progress. Um, so always look for strong development. And and honestly, that's that's why I settled with Varus um, as. Kind of my my top favorite project right now, just because it's um, not to make Mike feel awkward. <laughs> he's he's an excellent developer. I mean, this you know the the code is um, it's not it's not just about being good at developing; it's being precise and um, you know and philosophically sound. And the principles of the project and the vision are um, you know in in perfect alignment. I feel like with the original philosophies of the Bitcoin and and why we're even here in, in cryptocurrency in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, I could ramble on, but I, I really prefer not to. <laughs> hey, go for it, man. Go that's, for it. I, but that's, yeah, that's I, the bottom I, line. I you know? we, we can stay here as long as we want. I mean, you have to wait for the Yeah. You got to wait for the ship to talk anyway. It's a really nice ship, but the the flags they're a little bit scary but aside from that <laughs> yeah those those flags protect us you know we, we want them to be scary right <laughs> yep but, but but don't worry later we'll go looking for mermaids it'll be nice so i i think but i think uh you know john i appreciate what you're saying and i think what john's probably re- referring to is is this uh you know, and of course, I'm not trying to speak for you, John. I'm just saying, you know, what we believe makes us different is that we're really trying to create something that is a public system, something that people will be able to use, you know, broadly around the world. There's not a, there's not a company. Yeah. I mean, there's not a, there's not a, there's not a profit making organization at the center but you know you see pools come up like with that with other cryptocurrencies um you know there are businesses that can form around it and as we build the next technologies that we're going to be releasing you know like with pbas i mean we've had a lot of interesting things you kind of alluded to the ease of mining and then we went through that phase where somebody developed the hardware and, and fpga bit streams for us and you know there's been a lot going on through the whole project really has been exciting but our long-term vision remains the same as what we laid out in that vision paper you know shortly after the mainnet launch and 
Where's that located? Um, that's on VarusCoin.io. That's the Varus vision paper. And and the general like long-term vision is this idea of public blockchains as a service so that Varus will be the chain that people use to um, provision like dynamic blockchains as needed for applications. You talked about databases and things like that. You know, one of the problems with uh, blockchain as a database is just everybody needs a copy of it. And if it ends up being, I mean, I've worked with some, you know, multi-terabyte, petabyte databases. And, and when you start dealing with that kind of data, it becomes pretty much impossible to copy around. So you got to have like, you know, data storage databases that have a certain, at least with today's technology, a certain amount of centralization, at least in parts of them, to handle such large data sets. But when you yeah. end up with, when you end up trying to scale around the world, you also have this other problem of, you know, and this is like Komodo has their ways of solving it. You know, different different blockchains are trying to grow and evolve. You have this problem of um, having many many applications sharing one chain, like we've seen with Ethereum, kind of reaches a point where it just is going to collapse under its own weight in a way, you know. And, yes, and and you know what that happens normally in, in corporations. The database gets so big, their hardware can't handle it anymore. Uh, so some of the code starts. Some of the you know the, the I don't know what it is. Whatever you're using, SQL possibly. Uh, starts getting corrupted because it's too big, and and let's not talk about backing that shit up because I used to do that daily. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, that is a too. pain in the ass. Tapes yep. every day, putting in the tapes, taking them out, and, and and then you need more tapes. The bigger it gets, the more tapes you need. Yeah. And they, so I, it's it's heavy. It's, it's too so, heavy. So you contrast that with something like you know the internet, which is actually really at least at different times has been, you know, decentralized in different ways. And, and it's just, it's a lot of different kind of loosely coupled systems that all communicate over protocols. And that's kind of our, we actually believe that with blockchain, things will eventually end up there because, um, you know, we say you want to make a poll in an application that does polling. Well, for every poll, you don't necessarily need to share the same blockchain actually when you do a a poll and you run through that whole cycle of, you know, you're registering people or people are, you know, getting on board. They're doing it. If it's not a continuous poll or it's an election, you really don't need a blockchain that's going to be, you know, have existed for the last 10 years and everything that was in it. And plus a blockchain that's going to exist for the next 10 years. You know, you could create a blockchain for that poll. You could operate that function. You could do all the poll and everything else. And you could archive that blockchain when you're all done, you know, and and you could do that with any number of blockchains. And and if you do that in a way that allows real decentralization, you can scale. You can have the data go where it really needs to go and not where it doesn't, you know? And, and things can be a lot more decentralized and work as public systems. So we, we all think that, you know, blockchain and cryptocurrency, that's the future. I, I bet we all do on this discussion. But I think the real question, and I've started to see little, you know, articles to this effect recently, is, and there's a, there's been a lot of discussion in the crypto community, but I've started to see it more mainstream articles, is what kind of cryptocurrency are we going to have? Are we going to have the kind that's owned by a government or a company? 
Rip, you know, that, that's like, I, you know, not to name any names. You you could do that, and I'm uh, gonna name names, man. Ripple yeah, is the government name coin. <laughs> <laughs> the government but, coin. But, but, it's they, not, but it's they not they my live. job to name those names. What I'm gonna do is I'm working to make it that it's you know, crypto is the decentralized system that it's intended to be. That it's the strength of all the people that makes crypto work, not some central organization. You know, we have uh, Veris Coin Foundation, and what Veris Coin Foundation is is actually that was formed by people who mine and stake on behalf of the foundation and just basically donated all of that mining and staking to create a foundation, which then donates to the community. But it's still just a member of the community, and so in the long run, we really would like you know people to understand that Veris, there's no single like owner. Of Veris, it's really uh, there's a vision that the community is is working to realize, and you know I work full time on it, and John works full time on it, and other people have you know come on board and are working full time on it in the community, and you know people who build businesses that use it are contributing to the community, and we're working to make it easier and easier and easier for people to build you know applications and businesses and all sorts of other things around it. But the currency, the cryptocurrency, Veris itself is really, uh, you know, a fairly launched, decentralized public system is our intent. Open, open source. So it's oh, an totally open, open source. source. Yeah. 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 I could go to GitHub and I can modify it, steal it however I like. Well, you know, you can go to GitHub and you could take <laughs> everything that's there and you could make your own versions of it. But if you don't follow the core protocol, you're not going to be connecting to the Veris chain. If you follow the core protocol, you could take all the code that's there, make it better in some way. Follow the core protocol, and you could have your own, you know, or you could even write your own uh, clients from scratch that follow the protocol. You know, if you want to write your own miners, there are different miners. They're all open source, but there are different miners. Well, that's not true. There, there were some older FPGA miners that don't work anymore, and those were not open source. But right now, all the working miners are open source. And uh, you know all the code is open source. Even the website's open source. You know everything's open source there, and uh, the way it should be. You know with this kind of a project. So um, it, all the all the core code for Veris, as well as you know with Komodo, is we just follow the same kind of uh, either MIT or Apache style licensing. Um, there are some code bases that are being used that are that have GPL licensing on them as well. But generally speaking, you know, it's all open. That's it. Right. Yep. And, and uh, just for people out there, that's one of the in, that's one of the things you look for when investing in coins. So if you're new to the arena here, the crypto arena, uh, you want to make sure that the code is open source. Uh, there's a lot of projects that don't show their code and that's scary uh, because that doesn't give uh, people like Mike uh, the chance to audit the code and see if it's a real project and there's thousands of people out there that'll look at the code and will know right away if it's feasible to use or not uh, that's one that's one another thing you want to look at if is there is there a real person behind the project you see anonymous if he's anonymous that's not so bad but you know it, it's, it's helpful to be able to talk to somebody right so you, you want to make sure that there, there's somebody behind the project on top of it, you want to make sure that the project has developers that have the skills that could, uh, you know, do the job. You see that Mike himself 
He's been, he's been, he has the skills. He's been in the industry a long time. So has John. So, you know, projects, you have to do your homework. You can't just find the shit going and say, this looks, this looks good. You know, <laughs> this is, there's a lot more to it than that. You know, oh, the, the price is at five Satoshis. Well, it's probably a reason for that. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, so there's, there's a lot of variables people need to look at. Maybe, maybe one day I'll write a guide on how, what to look for. Uh, what, you know, one if you if I if I could, one of the things that really supports what you're saying about the whole open source piece is actually this this FPGA experience we went through recently. Uh, What's you that? know, well, so initially Veris Hash 1.0 was the hash algorithm that we were using on the chain. Was designed to um, it was designed to uh, you know we were able to basically come out with an algorithm that. It equalized GPUs more than other hash algorithms relative to CPUs. The initial release was CPU only, and you know we continued to improve the performance of that. And then when GPUs joined, and we had GPU miners, they they were a little faster than C, than the best CPUs, but they were not so much faster that you couldn't still mine with both. You know, and then what happened right. is uh, somebody came along with uh, FPGA hardware, field programmable gate arrays, and they designed a bitstream for Varus, and the original algorithm was small. So because it was small, what they, and I mean literally, like physically, it didn't require a ton of code or a ton of gates to implement, but it was it leveraging, you know, something that was really fast on a CPU, so relative to GPUs, like they had a hard time getting that much faster. But you come along with hardware and you say, all right, I can implement, you know, one of these in a small amount of hardware. And I've got a lot of hardware on my chip to fit all of these into. And so those, um, those FPGAs were much faster than GPUs or CPUs, I mean, by a lot. And so they started basically using all their hash rate on the network and it became it just kind of became pointless for people. I mean, of course I kept mining and some people in the community kept mining just to support the project, but it really centralized the hash rate pretty quickly to people who were buying FPGAs, you know? Right, and, right. and it, that, that's typically how the mining series goes, people. It's a, uh, you start with CPUs. But wait, before, before, we, before we stop there and people think that's what happened, we actually solved it, but I'll get to that after you explain, so I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, j j j just just so people understand what FPGAs are, uh, in a simple context, uh, you mine with your CPU, it's like the baby way of doing it, and then then you start mining with your GPU, that's your graphics card, which has a lot a lot of little CPUs in it that could do the job a little better, uh, and then then you it moves over into FPGAs. They're they're like these little these green boards. Uh, Bakel makes it, is a brand that you can look into. Bakel and uh, that's where it goes next and then typically right after FPGAs it ends up on an ASIC and then people start mining ASICs and then that's usually the end of the line but as far as mining equipment goes so so this is all historically how it's gone and that's one of the things that we don't always want to accept you know um, is that history has to fully repeat itself so that's kind of what started happening you know we we started with CPUs GPUs came out and we were actually 
really happy that GPUs could be on the network and they work that much faster, like on most algorithms. And then when FPGAs came out, it was like, all right, we need, you know, we need to adapt. So first thing we did is we talked to the company and said, look, you know, we're going to make a new algorithm that's going to, it's going to be harder for you guys to be so much faster on. Um, but if you want to cooperate and have a way to do, you know, your FPGA work in a decentralized way, let's do it. We couldn't come to a final, so a final agreement. So we basically decided as a community that, all right, so I'm going to go off. And, and we're going to design, I'm going to design an algorithm that will do a better job of equalizing uh, CPUs with GPUs and with FPGAs. And so we came out with Veris Hash 2.0 and we forked. Is that block 310,000? We forked, or, or I should say upgraded, because basically what happened is all the FPGAs in that one block just kind of dropped off the network. And if you're familiar with our proof of power, you mentioned the 50% proof of stake, proof of work. It, we actually have a combined algorithm we call proof of power, and it's it's uh, immune to 51% hash attacks. And so that's before we get into D-Power or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, we didn't have to worry about hash wars or a battle or anything. It was just, okay, we're going to change the algorithm. We changed the algorithm. We were open about everything. And then we offer a bounty for any FPGA developer to come along who can beat CPUs by even just one and a half times price performance. You know, we will give them, or not we, but the Veriscoin Foundation, you know, will give them 100,000 uh, of the uniformly time unlocking Veriscoin, um, 100,000, if they make an open FPGA uh, miner that can even beat CPUs by one and a half times. We made the same offer for GPUs and now we have GPU miners. And the fact is, you know, maybe someone's gonna come along and make a GPU miner that can beat CPU miners by one and a half times price performance, but they're not near doing it yet. So they might, and if they do, they'll get a bounty. It'll be a 50K of the, of the unlocking uh, coins. And, it, and then at the same time, if someone comes along and beats CPUs by even just one and a half times, you know, then there's a bounty for 100K. And the reason we did all that is this open source idea. We're not trying to make an algorithm that is hiding, which is because nobody knows what it is, that's why they can't beat it. We want to make technology that is pounded on, that people understand, you know, and and they can do everything that they know how to do on a GPU and it's all open and I'm even helping, like I'll help anybody try to optimize their GPU or their FPGA implementation because we wanna know what's actually possible. Cause that's the only thing you can, that you can be protected by is if it really works the way it's 100% supposed to work. And that's kind of part of open source is, you know, all the cryptography, all the, hash algorithms, all of this, it's open. And if there's a flaw or if there's, you know, a weakness in it, or if it's not doing what it is supposed to do, it, you're going to find out much more quickly when it's open than if it's hiding, you know, behind some uh, lock and key where people don't really know what it is. Because then when somebody does figure it out, it's going to be a much bigger hole than when everybody's working on improving it and pounding on it and improving it 
and kind of going through that process on a regular basis. Anyways, that's my big long rant about it. Hey, that's great. That's good. That's good. That's good. So, so there a lot of coins. They have different names for their algorithms. Uh, the Keshik, uh, Shot Two Fifty Six Bitcoin, right? What? So, Proof of Power is the name of your algorithm. Uh, so we, so ours is Verus Hash because it's unique to Verus. I mean, we we designed the original hash algorithm with a Haraka V2 uh, core, but the hash itself is still its own hash. Like you, you need to run Verus Hash to get the answer of Verus Hash. Whereas, like SHA-256 D or SHA-256, this was designed as explicitly a cryptographic hash. You know, and so it was, was... used. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No, it was used as a as a hash for you know Bitcoin or a, a lot of other coins, but it was designed to be this cryptographic hash. Then you have like um, you know Kryptonite, and Kryptonite was actually designed to be a coin like a cryptocurrency hash. You know, so a little more thought went into making it um, you know harder to beat, say. With ASICs, kind of like Equihash, you know, it's it's you don't need all of these hash algorithms just to do a cryptographic hash, you know. Right. But and, a lot of these algorithms. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and, and that's a uh, Monero. That with that, that's the the Kryptonite is Monero. Yeah, they yeah uh, now they have the Kryptonite heavy, and you know they're they're gonna kind of fork on a regular basis as hardware is developed. And and our our view is, and Equihash was also a you know, intending to be ASIC resistant. And our view is that, um, you know, ideally in the long run, we'd like to make it so that all different types of hardware could be used, but economically it kind of ends up making sense. There isn't one hardware that's only available to a small number of people that's so much faster than the other hardware that's available to everybody that it naturally ends up being centralized. Our goal right. is just to make sure that it that the hashing and the hash power is something that everybody can use their equipment to create. And so the algorithm is really designed to be as equalizing across different types of hardware as possible while still not trying to kind of um, block any specific hardware at all, you know? So John right. John refers to it as inclusive equalization, you know? And right. and that's the, the idea is that, so we want to know that FPGAs, um, we want to know what they can do. If we try to block FPGAs 100%, we try to block um, ASICs, then all that means is we're never gonna know how good they could be or not until the day that some company figures out how to get around that block and then that's the only company that's going to have that solution and then they're going to have it and no one else will and they could likely start secret mining that way and what we'd rather have is that you know just like the way that the gpu miners have been released in our community like the day that they're made that's how it's been so far which i'm really glad to see you know um we want the world and the community and pretty much everybody to have equal access to the fastest hardware when it's available and if it is just simply unavailable to too many people then we'd want it to be more equalized so that it doesn't create a centralizing effect 
that's kind of the, I, you know. I think yeah. I think I screwed. Is, is there some type of promotion for uh, FPGAs going on in Veris right now? I, I think uh, some type of sale or something. Did not I see not, not a sale. What it is is that we are we're offering. There is no FPGA that we know of that works on Veris hash right now at all on Veris hash 2.0. And people are still working on the GPU implementations and, and trying to optimize those to be, you know, as close to CPU speeds as possible. And and we're offering a hundred thousand Ferris, you know, in the form of the the uh, uniformly releasing time lock uh, Varus, like over the next I think eighteen months or something. A hundred thousand Varus to anyone who makes an openly available FPGA bitstream that can beat a CPU for the same price performance by one and a half times. Which is a really low bar according to most people who believe in FPGAs being so powerful. So the, so the thinking is this. If someone could beat CPUs by say three or four times with an FPGA, then it wouldn't really hurt them to make a one and a half time version uh, available because you know openly available because if they could beat it by three or four times then it doesn't still compete with them and they can take that 100k that hundred thousand verse make that one and a half times one available and do whatever they're trying to do in a in a more closed manner but the fact is if they don't if nobody makes a one and a half time version available it's likely nobody can you know right, or, right. or, or they haven't seen it yet so you got to get it out there. Uh, you know, Michael, Michael, I think, is a company that makes FPGAs. I mean, we could probably reach out to them and see. It's a, the, the, the bounty is available to anyone. We've, you know, we've, we've tried to spread the word on it. I mean, anybody who can make a reasonably available FPGA bitstream, I mean, FPGA bitstream that's open, that can run on reasonably available hardware and can beat CPU's price performance by just one and a half times, will qualify for that bounty. It, the bounty lasts for like three months and we'll probably renew it at the end of the three month period, but it's on right now. Very cool. So, yeah. Very cool, very cool. So let's talk about the coin. Uh, what, what's, the, what's the supply look like on the coin at the moment? Uh, I walked away from the computer. I think it's in the 30, so there's a combination of the time locked and the uh, and the mature coins on the network right now, and the. Um, I'm looking at see. it. It's uh, yeah. So the coin supply is at thirty six million seven hundred and forty three thousand. And we can okay, actually. That's, that's not much. In, but since change. we're on the radio program, what I can do is I can go to our fat. Hey, hey, uh, watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> frequently asked questions there. And, uh, we're on a pirate ship. See, yeah, we're on a pirate ship. So that, uh, <laughs> and plus, we're scallywags, remember? So, yeah, so let's right. see. I got this. Uh, okay, I've got this spreadsheet here. Breaking out his barnacles. Because here's what we can do. We can... We can figure out how many are locked because one of the community members posted a spreadsheet where you just plug in the, um, looks like I'll have to download it, uh, where you just plug in the current block height and it'll tell I, I, you. I, 
and I, I only mention it because it's just part of you know part of investing. So uh, no, no, no. no I think people, I, yeah. it's thirty six million on the you know the total. But I think what I'm saying is that I think this is really worth knowing. And since we have a moment here, I'm just gonna um, plug in the block. What's the block height right now? We'll get it exact. Looks like uh, 337, okay, yeah. 335. E 337, yep, 335. All right, so then we have, uh, so the total mature available coins would be 15,329,831 right now. Yeah. yeah and what's the maximum possible supply it could reach? 83 that was over at Bitcoin Talk or probably on our it's like 83 million something. Okay. That's not a that's um, not a lot. So so compared to Komodo, Komodo has something like 100 million. That's that's it. That's a decent number people. So uh, most projects will have anywhere from a hundred million to two hundred million. That's that's yeah. the average. Yeah, million, I, I, yeah, and that's I mean that's going to reach that in some number of you know many years. Um, right, right. And right, I think I actually think Komodo. If I'm not mistaken, they I thought they had two. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I want to say it till I find out. So let me just. Uh, yeah, that's that's all right. But this is not a Komodo show. I'll let right, you right. Them right. <laughs> but 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 what what is your since you mentioned it what is your association with Komodo? Oh, actually, we're we came out of the Komodo ecosystem. JL seven 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 has been an advisor on the project, um, pretty much from the beginning, and uh, you know we talk on a regular basis. Um, we, you know, they basically we forked in a friendly fork from Komodo because. There were a lot of things that I was planning to do to enable this future vision that's the Varus vision, and nobody had these capabilities. And looking at all the kind of different options out there about what what to start with, um, you know, Komodo was really the most, like, independent option where you could, you could effectively uh, be part of the Komodo ecosystem, but you could diverge significantly, still benefit from, you know, the notarization, which I wanted to have behind everything else. And just the community itself is a great open source focused, you know, decentralized community. And JL777, um, you know, is a pretty amazing developer. And so having the opportunity to really just work with him and and talk to him about what I was actually building and then and then build it and then release it and then get a lot of that tech wrapped up and made available then to the rest of the Komodo ecosystem. So so actually, um, you know, the whole Komodo upgrade to Sapling and, and that includes Pirate and all the other stuff, I mean, that was because of work that we did after forking Komodo and then did a whole bunch of work and, and kind of upgrades and then actually um, pushed that back upstream to Komodo and then they rolled it out and activated it across the entire Komodo ecosystem as we just continue to work on next generation stuff for Veris. And so, you know, it really felt like very much a win-win where we get started 
you know, with an open source base, but it's not just open source, it's like open community as well. So we get started with it, you know. Okay, okay, so. Uh, being part and, of the community and then, and then we give back and then right. we keep going, you know, and I think. Yeah. I think I, that's, I, that's, yeah. So I, I said, uh, when, when I bring people on the show that are not part of Komodo, uh, I always I always try to get them to get involved in Komodo because there's a lot of chains out there that can be added to Komodo. They don't know it. Uh, and I'll say it again like I do on every show. Uh, when, when you join NXT, Waves, uh, all these platforms that have tokens, uh, you, you're kind of dependent on the mother chain. Uh, if, if that mother chain goes down, God forbid, it would be like a Mount Gox situation. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's it's so bad. It's just so bad, and they, they don't they don't understand what I'm saying. They don't understand. They're like, oh, it's not gonna go down. It, it, it could. It could probably. You, you look look what's going on with Ethereum right now. You know how many coins would be screwed. How much money would go? I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, so so, uh, my my previous project that I was participating in was Atmos, and they they moved over to EOS. Do you know what EOS is? You ever heard of that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, it. I, I hate tokens. I have a fiery hate for tokens, uh, and they they moved over and, and I kind of as soon as they did that I I, I really lost interest. And uh, they they don't realize it may be easier, but it's it's not better. It's you 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 don't know that you're you become so dependent on that mother chain that if they make a change you got to make a change. And and if it, it, it's. It, well, so so what I'm saying is with Komodo, you don't have to worry about that. You could build a coin on Komodo and be independent still. If Komodo died tomorrow, you'd be fine. You wouldn't you wouldn't go down with the ship, right? And and and, then we'll, and we we would always throw you know little ships out there just to get you out of the water. That's no problem either. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the way I think about it. You know, with with uh, you start with Komodo and you still have the benefit of the Komodo development, all the, you know, all the people working on that, you know, JL777 advancing things, other people advancing things, and, and this community. You still have the benefit of that because um, unless you're gonna fork like we did, then, you know, you can, you can use all of the new things they put in if you'd like, you know. In this last in this last upgrade where they upgraded I think something like 50 chains to this sapling upgrade that we pushed upstream there were a couple projects that decided that they didn't want to upgrade because it would have been more work for the exchanges and they just didn't want to do it at that time and they didn't have to but you also always have the option if you've got a strong development team or you got something you want to do that Komodo's not doing you know it's open source. You can fork it and you can make changes in your own implementation and you can diverge as much as you need to or not if you don't need to at all, you know? And so it just yeah. gives you all the flexibility of what open source is kind of intended to be. And it's evolutionary. It's not as, um, you know, it's not like one big central, you got to work with the Ethereum governing body, you know, or, or all of, you know, all of the... It's not the same level of um, all sharing the common infrastructure. There's a lot more independence, you know, across yeah, the ecosystem. Right. right. So right. it can sometimes, to some people, that might even look like it's a little messier. But the fact is, that's the nature of 
you know, large decentralized systems, and it works really well, I think. Yeah, and it, and it's proven. It's it's been working well. Uh, yeah, Gamma while it started off as a mess, and now it's 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 not. It's easy to use now. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think the Agama wallet's a good example because, so, you know, it's, it was a bit of a challenge because we needed a, we needed a wallet and we had different capabilities. So we forked the Agama wallet and we've been kind of running parallel with our uh, enhancements to the wallet and, and pulling in theirs. And we kind of came to, the, came to the point where we said, you know, okay, so what we really should do is make it so that both Agama wallets can go their direction that they would like to go and make it work with, you know, all the coins in Komodo and all the coins in um, that, you know, well, Komodo and other coins and including Varus. And so we basically now run side-by-side -side demons in our Agama wallet. And we've, we've been working with Komodo. I think they might have that back in, but honestly, I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, the end result is everybody's just going to be able to use have more choices and use all of the coins through Agama. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard when you try to make a wallet that covers all the coins out there and it's taken time to make it easier and easier to use and we're still going to even get more so. We're also working on a mobile wallet that's going um, to be different than any of the existing mobile wallets. It's, it's kind of a oh, fresh... Yeah. Speaking of, you know, it, at night I like to research shit coins. Uh, I think everybody does. <laughs> and uh, and I think I came across one that had mobile staking. I think it was called Liberty Coin or something. And it they they're, they're touting mobile staking, right? I mean that that's a that's pretty. Cool. We're we're gonna yeah. want, we're gonna want to have mobile staking. The thing is, um, you know, we have a number of things that we have as priorities. Definitely, mobile staking is something that we're going to enable at some point, but I don't think it's going to be in the first version, because our, our big focus right now is the mobile wallet is gonna have some capabilities that, you know, will be pretty unique. And we're really excited about some of those, um, but it'll also work really well with what we're doing on the, you know, on the wallet and daemon side, and we're working on PBAS right now. You know, so it's gonna, the idea is, that's public blockchains as a service. And so the idea is that you'll be able to post a transaction on the Varus chain and then, you know, or your app will that you're using that might, you know, want you to pay something to, to make something happen in the app. And, and that'll create a blockchain automatically where the miners and stakers of Varus and also node operators will get paid for, you know, some part of helping that blockchain appear and start running the application will use it or it will be used or maybe it'll even be used by the wallet, you know. And then when its time is finished, then it, it will be like it won't need to be used anymore. And so this public blockchains as a service is really where our big focus is right now. Um, mobile staking is definitely something that we want to enable. But I don't, you know, I think that right now with what Varus is, with the vision and the, you know, and the set of priorities. I can't say that mobile stake, I, I'm pretty sure that mobile staking is not gonna be in the first um, mobile wallet release, 
but it's coming, and it's right, something right. we know how well, to do. Yeah. Well, that's what that's that's the way I see all these shit coins. They're like little laboratories. You get great ideas from them too. Uh, you know, you said uh, you know public blockchains as a service. P Bass. That's what. Uh, right. So, so a lot of people are talking about Bass right now, you know, and P Bass is a little bit different in the sense that. It takes the whole decentralized idea of Bitcoin and transaction processing and it turns it into a decentralized way to provision blockchain infrastructure for your application's use. So how, how do you envision uh, it being used like in a real world situation? Uh, is it an application that would utilize the blockchain or would it be some type of actual physical type of service? Um, PBAS chains actually could be used for a lot of different purposes. So we're doing PBAS and then in the vision as we describe, you know, the first applications that we see that we'll be working on after PBAS is, is running that we're going to put on top of PBAS are polls and elections and identity, you know. Um, okay. But it, it, could be used, it could be used as its entire, I mean, it could actually, there are a lot of things you could do with PBAS and we have got a lot of people who are, we got people who are approaching us to talk to us about ideas they've got, and I don't want to like give other people's ideas away because when PBAS works, it's going to be kind of a new thing for blockchains, generally speaking. You know, it's going to be like we're uh, we're using these blockchains to send money around, and, and that's a core. Everyone says, "Well, what's the use of scenario?" Well, money is one of them. You know, uh, but there are many, many more. And with PBAS, what you're really going to be able to do is just kind of assume that you have kind of unlimited scalable blockchains on demand for your applications that you can buy with Veris. But you know this this word scalable that's uh yeah, that, that's that's a big problem right now, and that's what everybody's looking at. When you say it's scalable, how scalable? Like, what do you well, mean? Well, think, think of it. Think of it. I'll just give you an example. You know, so say we have. Uh, say it's an election application and it's going to run um, polls, you know, for elections and you might want to run it in a place that has, you know, 300 something million voters, but, you know, it's going to be broken up into many different precincts that are all kind of independent, you know, and you might use like 10,000 in some, 20,000 in another, you know. And at the end of the day, it all aggregates up into this giant, like, big election, right? Well, right now, there aren't many blockchains that would be able to handle, if there are any, actually, that would be able to handle even just processing voting like that, you know. But what if, what if you had an application that basically just used a different blockchain for every, uh, every precinct, you know? And, and it just uh, brought up its blockchain for the precinct and it got all its results and then it rolled up all its results into the bigger one, you know? And and so in order to actually like bring up a blockchain for one of the, for the voting, you know, take a little bit of Varus, post it. You got Varus miners and stakers. The blockchain gets provisioned. You have people who are um, voting. Those are stakers on that blockchain. You have people who are mining. Those are just providing support for that blockchain. And so oh, yeah. it's like an economy that that miners and stakers and node operators on Verus will make more money from when it turns on. 
and it won't be just creating new coins because people will be paying to make it happen. But the people who are paying are, it's either going through applications or maybe they're going directly to make blockchains they need for certain, you know, purposes, right, so, you know. So to, to summarize it, uh, uh, what more, more blockchains are better than one for scalability. Right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that would be, start- yeah, it's kind of like the Komodo approach of the, you know, parallel blockchains, they can process thousands and thousands of transactions per second. Similar idea, it's like, you, you don't need to use one shared blockchain for everything. It's like, you don't use one global, you know, set of variables for every application in the world either, you know? Right. I, I think side What point, sort of, uh, like... Uh, I'm sorry. Oh no, it's okay. Um, go ahead. Shut up, shut up, John. We're trying to talk over here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Poor guy. He's like, he tries to get. Come up for no, air. I'm sorry. I'll be a little quieter and not say as much. <laughs> oh no, no, it's, it's totally fine. Go, go I was just it. gonna point out that the the, okay. the public and in public blockchain services, um, you know, kind of goes back to this uh, the same thing of decentralization and and letting it be people who are benefiting from that who are participating in it it's a network of um the community at large that's really participating so these fees you know fees that would be paid are being paid to people who are actually out there participating as um in whatever capacity that they've chosen to whether they're node operator or whatever um and that's something that really excites me about Varus right now in, in what what is you know live on the blockchain today is this decentralized Approach to solving these different problems, like nothing at stake. Um, that's a decentralized solution. This, the state guard is the decentralized thing. That that theoretical problem, um, and that's to me that's like the the reoccurring theme that's being been developed and is being developed now. That really, really just you know roots this roots everything that Verus does into um, kind of what I was talking about earlier with the philosophies. Bitcoin, original Bitcoin flop and whatnot. It's almost like, um, you know, if you imagine Satoshi being a person <laughs> who's starting to tell people about Bitcoin in the early days and saying, oh yeah, it's money. Everybody here is money. Really? And there's this huge stampede that's now lasted for 10 years. And maybe the dust is hopefully starting to settle a little bit and the conversation can continue. And the, you know, those who are carrying on that, that conversation can say, you know, kind of dust off the the crazy stampede dust and say okay so like we were saying money's one thing but look at what else look at what else blockchain can do look at um oh, start yeah. to look at service oh yeah 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 there's so yeah and there's a lot there's a the, the guy from rich dad poor dad talking about blockchains now what's his name kurosaki then uh he's, oh, he's right? he, robert kiyosaki Right, yeah. I mean, I heard him the other day. He's he's, he's saying that even voting could be done on the. Oh no, wait. That that was Salente. Or Gerald Salente was talking about blockchains. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're hearing I'm, the people I normally listen to. I'm hearing them talk about blockchains. I'm like, oh, look at this weird. It's, it's like weird. Like yeah. it's it's like a merging paradigm. I don't, what's going on here? Right. It, it, he's yeah. talking about voting on the blockchain and how it's more efficient than what the government's doing. All right. <laughs> uh, it's, right. So, the, it's, I think I think David, uh, I think uh, Tate or T from Sidecoin mentioned he, he did a speech on uh, on you know how one blockchain isn't the solution. Millions of blockchains is the solution to scalability. That's that, that's all I was going to say earlier. 
Yeah, I, think, I mean, and I think John's point, by the way, I got to say something, because as I listen to John and John, as I listen to you describe that, you know, um, for me, that's like so much the way that I think about this that I don't even realize that what John is saying is totally, you know, it's that is it probably one of the more identifying components of of what the Veris philosophy is, is that everything that we try to build in advance should be as like technically as decentralized or pushing for decentralization as possible. And that's really that public piece and that and that's something that really matters. You know, it's not it's not a it's not a, even when we were even when we were at the beginning, you know, mining and staking and planning to put most of what we mined and staked into like donate it to a foundation, you know, or where we could have just said, "Oh, let's just keep all that and let's just make a, you know, a way to sell all of that so that we can have money." That wasn't the goal at all. The goal was we have this vision of what we think could this could be. Let's, you know, contribute most of what we of what we mine and stake to the possibility that that can really happen because if that happens then even like mining and staking in a smaller amount and having a smaller amount is going to be much better and bigger in the long run because this will be something that really turns into a lasting system for the world that's what we'd like to make you know very very cool very cool i'm i'm uh i'm looking at the website and i see these other contributors david dawes and uh you know uh, alex english yeah yeah. i'm guessing he speaks english uh so uh, who are they oh these are people who were there at the very beginning you know trying to figure out how we're going to do this and and how we're going to basically um like people that uh are still on the dis still in the community and just early founders of you know like handling different parts of what was needed to roll it out for the community and um so these were early contributors early community contributors basically and founders and actually i think it's i think it's about time that we because we've got so many contributors now in the community i think on a regular basis um, the foundation, you know, is paying out bounties to, you know, some number of dub double digit different contributors, you know, on a regular basis. And so I think it's probably a good time to think about up updating the website and including a lot of other people across the community as well, because that was the original uh, list. Right. right. You know? Yeah, and, and everybody deserves credit. Uh, if you do some work, you definitely deserve some credit. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and then they could all, they they could always look at it as a resume too. You know, you, you know when they they do other work for other people, they say, "Look what I've done." You know, what I mean? you, you can find me here. Right? Yeah. So, so I think kinda, so I think it's that's something that uh, that we definitely expect to do in the not too distant future. It's just uh, you the, know, the, there's the yeah. Not to get tough on you, but the site says truth and privacy for all. How is it private? Zero knowledge proofs. I mean, the fact is that, you know, yes, you have a coin like Pirate where they, they say it must be private. But I'm, I'm, you know, 
I believe that Pirate is driving a lot of interest in privacy and, you know, they're getting exchanges to turn on. I think Pirate's a really good thing overall and it's a great community. And But at, at the same time, you know, I support the private message that it's, you know, the most private because they don't have public transactions and everything else. But I also believe that we have private transactions and they're just as private. And yes, you could um, use them in a way where you can make it easy for people to figure out what's going, you know, where, what you're doing. They could, they could get more information if you use them in a certain way. And that's kind of the, but we still have the full zero knowledge privacy. We actually uh, opted to go a little harder on the privacy side of things than Komodo uh, when we forked. And then, you know, you got uh, Pirate is kind of on the extreme privacy end. And what we did is we said, we still will observe the Zcash um, protocol where, you know, you have to shield coins that you mine before you use them. And that, and that creates kind of an opt out privacy model. And so we have really, I would say an opt out privacy model. Um, you know, I think Pirate has a privacy only model. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, the truth is when you, when you think about doing all sorts of applications and infrastructure and things like that, um, some of the application pieces, and if you think about proof of stake, you know, some of the, um, some of the pieces that we're building to realize the vision leverage the zero knowledge proof and privacy capabilities like the transparent, uh, verifiable, confidential, transparent and verifiable uh, polls and elections that we have described in the vision paper. But um, so we use the zero knowledge proofs, but we also use the transparent addresses as another part of kind of the application information, you know? So, so if you're working on the blockchain and you want to do a lot of interesting things, sometimes it can be useful to have both the private and the non-private pieces, you yes, know? Yes. And, it, and it's nice to have that option. And public blockchains as a service, you're going to need to have to look up some things. So it's, it's exactly. it goes along with it goes along with the use case, I understand. You, you you can't make everything uh, you know you can't offer a service and then and then and then not, not give them the ability to look it up right so, but, <laughs> right and right. so and so the, the so the truth and privacy for all we think it fits actually really well because we we do our best to you know basically make sure that everything is open like we talked about before open source the you know the fair launch the the focus on what we're actually trying to expose in the long run if you read the vision paper is the ability to get um, you know, honest, confidential answers from people in these polls and elections over time. That's kind of one of the applications that would be using PBAS, you know, and that's described. And, and the privacy side of it is we believe that people have a right to privacy and what better privacy, you know, than, than zero knowledge proofs. Um, that's kind of the, kind of the state of the art on the privacy side of things. So, so we think it fits well both with what we have and also in the long-term vision of what we're, you know, what we're wanting to see this evolve to. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Yeah, I understand completely. Uh, 
you know, my, my person personally, I think pirate coin. I'm I'm a I'm a pirate on the inside. I've been hacking applications since I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I, I got that little bit of a pirate in me too. So that's why I, I go with the theme. I, I love I love being a pirate. Well, and I not mean, and not pirate. only that, the pirate community. I'm telling you, they're you know they're a great community. They have you know they've been from the beginning pushing the private only. They they have been you know members of the Komodo community that have probably done more than any other group in the Komodo community to push industry wide you know, the importance of privacy. It's not just like, it's not like Monero or, or Zcash or, you know, they've, so here's an example. You know, they're getting listed on CryptoBridge and and uh, we're also now, CryptoBridge, you know, it's likely that we're gonna be listed on CryptoBridge. They've gotten private transactions in and out. They were the first ones to do private transactions in and out, you know, and you could say digital price did it, but really it was, pirate that got that really was the impetus to do that and now they're right. you know they're going to be doing the, i think the plan is to do the same thing on crypto bridge and that opens the door for us to potentially have private transactions in and out on crypto bridge you know and if we wanted to if the community wanted to pay for um you know private transactions in and out on digital price they can't and this is like pirate has done this and these are contributions to the overall world of crypto, you know? And yes. so, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Pirate and I and I think the people in the project are great. And, I, I, you, I, know, I, you know, yeah. you know, the way I, I look at Pirate, Pirate is, is more like cash. I, I think of it like cash because it, there's no other cash. You can't, there's no way to trace cash in the real world, right? You, I, well, there is because you can see who pulled out of their bank account, right? But, but as far as having it in your pocket and giving it to somebody else, there's nobody that can trace that. Well, I think I think the key the key with a purely private, like a for a private only chain, is that you know you can't make a mistake and leak your privacy. <laughs> you you really just you, it's kind of like foolproof privacy in a way, you know. It's like you can use Veriscoin, you can have completely private transactions, you can use it like cash, it covered by zero knowledge proofs and everything else. But if yeah. you if you send, you know, five thousand seven hundred and you know twenty-two Veriscoin into a private address and one minute later exactly half of that amount or or maybe that amount exactly split up into some you know, numbers are being sent to three different transparent addresses, then somebody's going to be able to figure out that those are probably related if they're watching the blockchain, you know? Exactly. And, exactly. and with, you, you and, can see what wallets they went in. And, and now, if you don't do that, and if you, you know, if you, if an application uses things properly, if a person uses things properly, you can get basically what's, you know, perfect privacy pretty much. But in, pirate or in a, a private only chain of you know any private only chain you pretty much don't have a choice to ever make that mistake if you would have potentially made such a mistake you know what i mean yeah yep yep so uh, 
So yeah, this is not about pirate though. I didn't want to make this about even though we're all pirates. No, but the shit. fact is we are on the you know we're on the pirate Discord and we've been you know we've been real supporters of pirate and pirate's been supporters of Barris and we're we're really happy to get the uh, you know the sapling into Komodo and get it in earlier so that they could move the sapling. It's nice to see that now they've got this you know fast and hundred percent. Well, you know what? That, now that you mentioned. Now that you mentioned it, uh, we're going over time, but uh, just real quick, what is sapling? Because people hear it all the time. They have no idea. Oh, sapling was just implemented. People are looking like, okay, what does that Sap mean? Sapling is what makes it so that when you send a transaction, instead of taking a couple minutes and, you know, basically not just a couple minutes, but maybe four gigabytes of RAM, that all of a sudden... You know, it happens in a second or two, and it's, uh, you know, it's using maybe so little RAM, like 30 or 40 megabytes, that you'll just never notice. It's just, and it's the thing that's going to make it possible to have zero-knowledge transactions on the phone, you know, and and uh, I know that that's something that um, people using Pirate are going to want, people using Varus are going to want, you know, and, and the fact is that Zcash... Uh, came out with the sapling protocol and it and it made it orders of magnitude faster and smaller in memory and something that finally put it within the reach of mobile devices and, and other small devices and so now they're working on you know having this technology available on mobile that's coming that's going to come for all the I think for all the Zcash derivative coins um, with using this technology and sapling is really where the value of zero knowledge proofs and transactions meets the practical you know use models of what will make it possible to really succeed in today's world I think because people will soon be able to use this technology on their mobile phones as easily as they do on their computers and I think that's a really important step for all of this to become really ubiquitous, you know. Yeah, seeing just the ability for IoT to be involved, but but also exchanges can much more easily implement uh, privacy transactions with Sapling. I mean, in, in the past, it, with the over, you know, just the processing and resource RAM overhead required, right. it really made it impractical to do D transactions on an exchange level. Um, with, whereas with Sapling, it doesn't, you know, it opens that door. It's really easy. Yeah, and, and easy is very important. You know, a lot of coins forget the, the fact that simplicity is key. Uh, you, you, you want my mom to start mining your coin, she's not going to start installing C minor, and, and she, she, I, they, they don't know how to do that stuff, man. They, they don't know. You know, you, you know, my mom, my mom, just, just, mine's just tell your mom to open a DOS box. Just tell her to open a command yeah. prompt. Just use gotcha. WGET. Just tell her to use WGET and type it, you know, and then, and then pull it down. And then, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe WhatsApp or the, you know, the command prompt that the, the command line she'll enter. But she'll be fine. The line, the line is joking. <laughs> The line, it's, believe in it's your mom. swipe to the line. Yeah, swipe yeah, to the yeah. line, thinking, what do I do now? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. We're all so, there. But 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 if if you wanna you want you you know not 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 joking around, she mined Veris. She installed the application. Oh great! She had Veris. No, that's yeah, great. Awesome. Actually, you know what? And I've got I got most of 
people in my family are mining bears too. And um, that was one of the things actually that we we wanted. So I'm really glad to hear that your mom is mining bears because we wanted to make it easy enough, and we're actually working on ways to make it easier as well. Um, we wanted to make it easy enough because that's part of decentralization, right? I mean, the most complicated part is the install, and then once it's installed, you, you, all they have to do is hit the mining button. That's how easy it's got to be. That's it. And and there's a, there's only one other project she mined before. Oh no, she mined two projects before. Uh, one was Varium. Oh yeah, Varium. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're still around. Yeah. Varium and yeah, Varicoin, they're, they're dug, like that. Yeah. They're double. They're oh, yeah. double chain. Yeah. Doug Pike, yeah, Doug Pike, the DNA thing. Uh, I, I've interviewed him in the past, um, I think twice. <laughs> and uh, and then there was another one, ByteSent, which was like really a long. This is this is dating my age now, but I think ByteSent just recently started popping up again. Uh, but but the oh, problem really? with ByteSent was that the the code is closed. And that that's the ah uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's like you know yeah, when cool I, I don't want to like. What's that? I was saying, cool. You get a cool mom mining all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Everyone's a non-believer until 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 they become a believer, right? So, even even in the beginning, she, I was getting yelled at for buying my or spending all my money on mining equipment in Bitcoin, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what are you doing? What's the matter with you? You gotta you gotta save your money, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and now all of a sudden, three, four years later, I'm, I'm I got another few coins today. Yeah, she yeah. Gets all, she gets all excited when she gets coins. Uh. <laughs> you'll you'll start getting messages like big pow block. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know, and having having it make make a noise, and you know, that's that's interactive. You know, it gets people, especially people that they, they want to feel like they're participating. That, that's the way to do it. You got to get mainstream participating. Yeah. And, that, no, the, and the way to do that my... is simplicity. That's right. I've been saying I want to I want to add the you know the old eBay ka-ching sound when you'd win a, when you'd win something or sold something on eBay. A little ching. Yeah. Want to put that in? Yeah, hell yeah. Well, you know, like you know what's interesting with the way that PBAS is shaping up. Um, you know, they're like I said, the miners and stakers will have more rewards that should even come in more frequently as well and it would be kind of fun you know to have like different cha-ching sounds or different things for for like different PBAS chains you know it'd be kind of fun yeah <laughs> so, uh, hey listen I don't charge for my advice right uh, <laughs> no but, <laughs> no but it's a good contribution so thank you we'll be back to you <laughs> I've been I've been here a long time, man. I've seen a lot of shit. I've seen a lot of shit, and I've seen a lot of bad shit. I've seen a lot of good shit. So, uh, you know, and, and sometimes it it feels like uh, when I get in a coin, it feels like deja vu many times. You know, does uh, it does it feel but, like deja vu? What do you think about Varus? Uh, I I I think once it became really hard to mine, I personally stopped. Uh, because I, I just, you know, the electricity in New York is really expensive, man. It's no joke. So uh -huh. it's, it's like 20, it's like 27 cents. And now with the new day. algorithm, have you uh, gone back to it? I, I, I think I made like 27 Varus coin in a, in a, in a few days. 
uh, but still, it's just too expensive to keep all these CPUs running. All right, so it's that, and that's the that's the problem here on my end. I, some people have cheap electricity and could keep it running, but you know, here in New York, they really ream us. You know, on top of this, the fact that they even tax that number. So, I mean, you get this statement, and then you get another. You know, your bill is. I do. I've no joke. I've seen bills over like four or five thousand dollars. Really? Time normal. Bills. Wow. Wow. And, well, oh, that's crazy. That, that, that that's when I'm GPU mining, and you know, I, and I haven't oh, done that. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, man, electricity down here in Tennessee is like eleven cents, ten cents actually. Yeah, well, I think that's pretty good. Know. I think that's pretty. That's about the best you'll find around here, and we're a little higher than. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I I I have uh, I'm, I'm over here in New Jersey. It's only sixteen cents here, but you know, moving my stuff over is too much of a pain. Uh, but you know what, uh, Verus, Verus coin. If if you guys can keep sticking to the CPU narrative, I think that's the best way to go. Uh, what attracted me to Verus in the beginning was the CPU mine. I this still has not except I think Verus coin still has CPU mining, but it's See, well right now. No, right now CPUs are king on the Verus network. They are like there is no other device on the Verus network that will do better than CPUs right now since Verus Hash 2.0. I you know. If the GPU devs find a way to make GPUs as fast as CPUs, then there's going to be, you know, but right now they're not. And there's no FPGAs that we know about. And actually, I was looking today, the the hash rate's actually at a place where, I don't know, might be worth a look. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, I have to go back to my apartment. That's where my, uh, my, my bigger computers are. Yeah. Uh, I just keep the station I here because we're trying to sell my home. Ah, but uh, yeah, but but what? But once I get established in a place, which we're just bu waiting to buy a new house, uh, once I get established, I'll have all my my. I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of thread thread rippers. Uh, oh, there are those. So right now, thread rippers are getting just they're Great. they're like the best miners for Varus. I mean, may, I think maybe you might have missed the switch to Varus Hash 2.0. All the FPGAs on the network dropped off. They're not there anymore. And then when GPU miner, like the GPU devs came up with their miners, you know, a 1080 Ti right now is a little bit faster than like an old i5 maybe. Oh, wow. What, what's, uh, what, what would it be? I mean, the, so like right now, GPUs so like right use, now. There's a lot of like. Yeah, so right now the, um, so I run an i5 on my main, just my main machine. It's just like an old, I, I think it's a fourth generation i5. And I just run it, um, I have four threads on it. I have an, uh, another couple computers I keep running as well. But on that one, I have four threads running. And I have them running all the time in the background. But because it's on low priority on the Demon, so I'm solo mining. I'm fine with that. I don't notice that it's mining. It just runs away. In the background, I really don't notice it, and I'm getting about five and a half mega hash. A 1080 oh, Ti, the latest version of the GPU miner on a 1080 Ti, will get you about 6.2 mega hash, maybe. Um, and I'm running four threads on that i5. You put a thread ripper on there, the the 2990WX. Someone's getting around 80 mega hash on that thing. Oh, that's yeah, the 64 thread? That's the 64 thread. That is the fastest. People are getting yeah. like 
like forty something mega hashes on the nineteen on the nineteen series. Uh, my, mine's the mine's the yeah the nine mine's the nineteen fifty X I think it's uh I was getting twenty six or twenty eight on, on the latest on the latest yep. uh, yeah okay well, you got in mine of course I mine it yeah yeah so that's actually really not like that's a good hash rate compared to what anybody else on the network is getting I think what we're seeing also is we are definitely seeing some large CPU farms that have been mining it and they've been um, but right now, I just looked earlier today, and it looked like a lot of the, definitely some of the CPU farm mining might be a little lower today. It looked like, you know, it's kind yeah, of... Yeah, I've noticed it all day. It's been down. Yeah, which, uh, which I'm so, fine with, because, you know, we have the, we have the, um, the 51% attack proven, you know, immunity, so it's not a, there's no security issue. And right now, it's just an opportunity for people to make some more coins. Awesome. I'll make sure I, I publish this show after I get all my miners up. Uh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, edit that part after you just said. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, something that's happening that, that wasn't happening when I started, uh, you have pool miners now. Uh, you have pools. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have, well, we have pools, and then we, you know, we started with, like, a few uh, mainstay pools, and one of the guys running the pool decided that he was going to run other services and not do his pool. And he's kind of, I think he's considering back. But he's, you know, and so now we have, um, I think we had two other pools joined just recently. Um, there's Loud Mining is a pool that just joined. We got Genesis Mining. I'll give them all a shout out. We got uh, VRC, VRSC.52hash.com. That's one where a lot of the farms go. Um, that's a, a Chinese pool. We've got VRSC.gpool.com. Uh, that's that's a, another. Um, it's not. I would say not as many farms, but it, it's a pool in China. And then we've got um, Luck Pool, and and that's Hellcat's pool. And he's got a leading uh, pool for a, a lot of the different, like for Komodo and for uh, Zen and Zcash. He's got pools for them. Okay. He has for a long, long time. And then we've got, I know. yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you. I, I know Hellcat. No, no, the, the, yeah. So the last, the, the last two. Yeah, Hellcat has been great. He's been, you know, he's done a lot of work to help the other pools get up to speed and go. I mean, that's what I love about this community is that, you know, one thing that happens across the various community is that, you know, people are helping other people get going pretty much in every area. Like, uh, Loud Mining got their pool running. And, you know, people start clamoring. Other pools started saying that, you know, we need to add them to the pool operator's role and everything else, you know, one of us, one of us, one of us. And so so we did, now we got another couple pools opening. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the pools are probably gonna be growing. And I think with PBAS, and, and I'm not trying to talk about PBAS too much because there's so much that we already have. It's just that that's what I'm really working on right now. But when I think about um, when PBAS turns on, you know, people are going to be able, miners in pools or, or not in pools, are going to be able to just make more money without having any more uh, um, block rewards coming out, you know, without changing the emission schedule or the supply or anything, because it'll turn into more of an economy. And, and 
And I think then we'll probably see the existing pools grow bigger and we'll probably see more pools come online at that time too, is my guess. Very cool, very cool. You know, I, I, I you just I haven't heard Hellcat in a long time. I, I believe I might be mistaken, but I believe Hellcat was part of the original uh not the original, but part of a Unom Unom project. Uh, which got you know they they they, uh, they stopped Unom stopped at one point in time and then there was uh, a friend of mine from uh, Alt Nuts uh, that he started he started it up again Unom 2.0 and Hellcat was part of it and uh, they, then after they created Zenop but they they made like nice templates for the Unom and Unom people is uh, is the mining uh, the, the the pool software to create a pool uh, and and speaking on that role. Uh, I believe that that pools need to be created easier. I, I and I haven't seen it yet. This is just my own uh, thought of being here. You know, I've been here a long time, and I think if I I only seen it once uh, with Burst Coin. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm showing my age here. Uh, they made a Windows application to easily create a pool, and then people started creating pools all over the place. And what happens no, when you create I think you're multiple fine. pools? But when, when you create multiple pools, you start, the, the, I think the distribution is no longer so much, it spreads more. No, 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 uh, I, to, I, I totally agree with you. I think you're right. And actually, um, you know, so we actually did put together really good documentation for anybody wanting to create a pool. We've had a lot of people creating pools from that, um, but I think it could be easier and and I think you're right, like making it easy to bring up a pool is another thing that's in line with our philosophy of decentralization. It is something that we will do, but um, right now, it's, I would say right now it's easier than most because we have, you know, in the Veriscoin GitHub repos, we've got all the pool software that is known to work that all the pools except for Hellcats use. Hellcats has helped to make that pool software good. We've you know, we did actually, when we had the FPGAs on the network, one of the uh, uh, bigger FPGA miners started attacking the pools. And, um, you know, so they, they had a, a hole that they had found. We were, we were based on SNOP. So, you know, we fixed that and we've addressed any known issues in it. And so I'd say now it's, an, it's one of the easier ways to get started on pools that are based on like Xenomp or SNOMP or these kinds. But I still completely agree with you that it'd be a lot better if there was just a simple way to kind of bring up an app that would set up your pool and now you've got a pool. I think that would be nice. Uh, you know, yeah. if you want to do that, I, hey, if you want to do that, by the way, I'll bet you, in fact, not I'll bet you, I'm sure that the foundation would be happy to offer someone good bounties for, for that kind of thing. Or if, if you know someone who would want to do something like that, and John could actually, John, you know, that could, you could maybe talk to someone who'd be interested in that. But definitely, I think you're right. That would be a good thing for the it's, community, and because it would be a good thing, the foundation would support that in the way of you know paying someone a bounty to do something like that. I am quite sure. So if anyone is interested, or you know anyone, or you, you know, just have them talk to people in the community about. Getting on, uh, getting an agreement for a bounty with the foundation or something. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I was, what I was getting back to what I was saying, 
uh, Burst created a Windows pool, you know, so you could run it on Windows. And it was, it was, you know, it was pretty simple install back in the day. I, I haven't used it since. But if somebody can make like an easy install, like a wallet, as easy as installing a wallet, if you want to be a pool operator, you can do that. You just install the software, boom, now your computer could be a pool too. And I see it on the same level as Masternodes. So you like Masternodes, then you probably like being a pool operator too, because it's kind of like the same thing a little bit, right? People right. love Masternodes, right? So, you know, if you make pools just as easy as it is to make a Masternode with a few coins, then that's it. You, you, got, you got something else going for you now. Uh, and, it, you know, it can't be Linux. It has to be Windows. Uh, you, uh, you, you know, you know, you know, I got to say, it ties, what you're saying kind of ties into some of the questions I'm working on right now around, uh, you know, the easiest way for people to really benefit from PBAS. And so I'm definitely going to be giving this some thought because um, I already was thinking that what you're saying is true, but that you see it as such an important thing. Maybe I should put a little more priority on that as an idea too, you know. Well, yeah, hey, listen, you know, some people have the ability to build websites, right? But, but you know, they don't really, if they do have the ability to actually put the time into trying to figure out how to set up the pool, it's like, if they're just not going to devote that type of time to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but if it's easy to install and it's really quick, they're going to they're going to do it. You know, and they'll build websites for it. And they you know, it'll so, you know, j- j- that's just a, another thought I've had over the years. It's it's uh, you know, so I've built a few pools myself in the past. Uh, you know, lucrative at times and not so lucrative at times because you, you they do have to pay for the VPSs and such, but if it, if people can run it right from their own computer, it's kind of like Decentralizing masternodes more. You know, decentralize. You're decentralizing it more uh, by having more pools all over. The place. And and right. and, that, and then we'll have some true competition in the in the fee market, right? So I mean, there might even be people that'll charge zero percent fees, you know, just to just to get more people, and it'll it, it'll uh, motivate people to mine more, uh, you know. So it's it's. I think it's an overall uh, easy. Once again, it comes down to making things simple. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what yeah. it always comes down to, and you know, a lot of developers—they're so, they're so, their brain works in such a complex way that seeing something simply just doesn't really happen for them. That's where I come up. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, hey, I, by the way, I made yeah. some notes on this stuff. Um, so you're gonna get you're gonna get credit for anything that <laughs> moves forward. You're you're a contributor, whether you like it or not. You're contributing great I, ideas. Dude, ask House. I don't know if you know House, but uh, House, we we have been we've been friends for like six, seven, six years now. If if I if I show you the whiteboard, I got of ideas that never happened. But man, I got ideas like nobody's business. That's that's nice. what I, I'm. I'm I, I, some people are visionaries, you know, and I I, I think I'm partially a visionary. You know, and, uh, the way I found yeah. crypto was because I hate government. I. I got involved in crypto because I'm an anti-government type of guy. I found Bitcoin. That's how I found it. I, I wanted something to fight the system, and that's why I started participating in Bitcoin. That was the only reason back in the day when I first found it. I didn't uh, know about it, it being worth money. I, I didn't. I didn't know that. But when I was told about are it, are you the guy who bought the pizza? Bought the pizza? No, no, I wish. No, no, yeah. no, that would be a great story. But no, that's definitely not. I, I, when I was told about it, it was eighty bucks. Okay. A, a friend, of, you know, a geeky friend of mine told me he's like, "Yeah, I got these coins. 
you know, and they're worth like $80 now. I bought them at like 30 and they're worth 80 now, right? And, <laughs> and I was like, dude, sell, sell that shit. <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. scam. <laughs> yeah, right? <No. laughs> I did. I swear to God, man. I feel so bad telling him that too now. <laughs> but 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 then then I started looking into it right, and I started yeah. getting. I was like, wow, this is freaking amazing, man! It's something that battles. This is a gift. This is a gift. Uh, people don't know it, but this is a gift. This is the only way we could fight the, the system today is with blockchains and Bitcoin. It scares the system. I mean, they, they, they 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 see all these anti-Bitcoin, all anti's used for drugs only, and you got you you guys got it. People out there need to open their minds a little bit. Uh, not you know. The road to hell was paved with good intentions. So when the government does something nice for you, don't don't think it's nice. It's why are you doing this for me? You, you should start asking questions. The problem is, most of society is on drugs and uh, you know me- medical, you know legal drugs given to them by their doctors, and they're so freaking passive. On top of it, they're drinking the fluoride from the water, which makes them even more passive. And I could go on forever with this rant, <laughs> but, but <laughs> the fact is. Yeah, the, the fact is that people need to wake up. They, they need to wake up. Uh, uh, cryptocurrency is a gift. All these little laboratories like Veris, they're here to help you. They, they're, they're not getting paid anything to do this, people. Uh, they, they're, yeah. this, they're, it's this a community. Their, I mean, no, it's, yeah. this, this is the... We're doing this. You know, we started this and we're doing... We have a lot of idealists in the community. We really do. Yeah. And, it, it, you it, know, it, we mine and we stake and we believe that what we mine and we stake is going to be... You know, worth more over time, and the and the foundations there to, you know, to pay people who contribute uh, to the vision as described. You know, and so, yes. yep. but it's not like uh, I think everybody who's involved, if they chose to go do something else in a more corporate environment, would probably have more uh, income coming in immediately. I would I would be pretty confident of that. All in good time, man. Give it, give it every every oh, no, crypto it. needs. Every crypto yeah. needs two two years. Two years. Give them two years. This uh, is this is what we want to be doing. This is what I want to be doing. Yeah, exactly. What I know a lot of us want to be. I'm not. That's that. Is, what I described was in no way anything but you know that's the way it is. But that's what we it, need to do to make this happen for the world. And I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be much bigger than people realize. That's what I think. Yeah. I, you know, actually, I. I, I'm talking about usage and everything else. I don't want to hype it. That's, we're not about hype, and I'm not trying. I'm just. I, I. I got a little bit my guard down and actually said what I really think for a moment. But it's not about hype. It's we want to build the solution. We want to build things that enable people to do new things, and that's you know we want to yeah. build them and then talk about them in detail. You know. FOMO. Well, it's FOMO. Like people the, get in. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I hear you saying, the mic is is we're my sentiment as well with regards to what we're doing what we're actually building and doing and yeah. I w- years ago I was told um, or I heard that people who have started things like Google or um, you know these, these kids who kind of just start incredible uh, ventures and inventions that they really their focus was on what they were building they weren't really concerned with is this going to be profitable is this going to make me rich and that when you really focus on what you love, money will eventually take care of itself. I mean, there, there's obviously right. that's exactly good what I yeah. but but bottom line, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm I'm here for a completely different reason, and and on a daily basis, like we're a lot of people who are just like you said, believing more 
and the ideals behind it. Right, right. And really I, I was in, I, I was a network, I was an unhappy network engineer for a long time. But you know what? When I when I came home from that 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 eleven twelve hour workday, I would do a radio show. I, I was in, I was I was doing Supernet Radio yeah. long ages ago. Even when I was, you know, and and I used to work my ass off in that shitty company. And uh, you know, and I don't. It's it's if you want to correlate it, it's like that guy that goes to his job, then he comes home, and he really works on his passion. If he's a woodworker, right. he's he's working yeah. on that chair. You know, he's 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 cutting that wood. He's going home and he's enjoying what he likes to do, and that's what this is. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we, these guys they right. come, they they jump into crypto, and this is what they enjoy doing. You know, you, you got people addicted to shit coins, buying every single one of them. You got miners that are, are trying try to mine every coin they can, and you know, like like I did back in the day, and you know, it's it, everyone. You know, like I said, it's a gift, people. Uh, if you're not participating, you're missing out. This is your children's lives at stake here. Uh, if you want a communist state, that's where we're going. A communist country, that's where we're going. Uh, they they want to control everything. I mean, in order to put a pod on my on my in my driveway, I, I need to go. I, I have to get. Uh, a permit from the, the state. I mean, what kind of shit? It's my property, right? But no, it's not your property. We could go on that on that topic for a while too. Uh, but <laughs> uh, technically, yeah. it's not your property. It's owned by the king, and the only thing on your property that you own is the house and the trees. Uh, that's called real estate. And so, but hmm. but uh, yeah, we could get on. But that's a whole different. That's not crypto. But uh, you, you can see, I'm I'm really I'm I'm really bent on uh, on you know everybody gaining back their yeah. freedoms. And their and their, you know, their rights, their sovereign rights, yeah, I love it. Uh, that have been they've been they've given up so easily. They just gave it to. Oh, we're gonna protect you, man. Get a gun. No one's protecting you. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they, they, you guys were amazing. Thank thank you guys for coming on the show. Oh, can, can, thank you. So, what's the website? Oh, uh, you know, where can people reach you if they want to talk to you more? Maybe they got ideas and they want to get in touch with you, Mike. And yeah, and yeah. Uh, you, yeah, actually, that's one of the that's one of the things about our community is actually a lot of the community is online every day, and you can go to veriscoin.io and there's a Discord link, and we use Discord a lot. I mean, I think you use Discord a lot too. We use Discord a lot, so mostly uh, at some point of the day, day, not every single day, but most every single day, you know, I'll be online. Sometimes I'm head down working on stuff. Um, you know, John's online quite often. I would say at least as much, and uh, and there are other the other contributors in that you mentioned there on the site. They'll be there, but also, you know, hundreds and actually the the community has thousands, but you'll see hundreds of people online at any point in time. And uh, and there are many people who will just if somebody wants to get some info on things, or they want to get set up mining, or they you know want to get their wallet set up. The community will pretty much help anybody if they want to come in and, and earn a hundred thousand Varus by developing an FPGA bitstream because they're an FPGA dev. You know there are channels and people will help even on that. So, including me. So, you know, Varus going down is a good starting point. But the Discord is if you want to have conversations, that's where to go. Right. If you have questions, if you, if you're confused, you. You actually attempted to, uh, you know, mine, mine, and you're having trouble. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people. It's not just Mike and John. There's a lot of people in there that helped me when I had some questions or when I had issues with my wallet. Actually, I think it was you, Mike, that helped me. Okay. 
and uh, yeah, and it, you know, it, it's it's a it's great to be part of a community like this. Uh, everyone's got the same libertarian type type of mind. Most of most people do. I, I would say ninety percent of the people in there are libertarians. Um, yeah, so you know, get involved, people. Uh, you guys, you guys are amazing. Thank you for coming on today. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if the boat was really shaky, you know. It wasn't. No, actually, I, it's been so smooth, I forgot at times that I was on a boat. So it's just been, the, yeah, your, your fellow pirates are excellent sailors, so. <laughs> we're going to dock in about an hour, so you could do some fishing above deck. And, right. uh, Sounds good. All right. Hang on, hang on, hang on one second. I'm just going to close this off. Uh, everybody out there, thank you for joining us. Uh, that was John and and Mike from the Veris uh, project, and uh, you, you have all your information. In, they gave you all the information you need. Uh, jump in, take a look. I know I told all my family members when it came out to start mining it. They did. You know, they did good. Uh, they should have quite a quite a few coins. And you know, uh, guys, get involved. This is your life. This is your children's life. Uh, blockchains are the future. I'm seeing it happen. It, I'm seeing people talk about it in mainstream now more than just negativity. I'm, I'm hearing positive things these days now. Uh, like I said, from uh, Gerald Salente and uh, the, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad talking about blockchain and, and Bitcoin and gold being the only future. Uh, not it's, it's amazing, man. I, I'm loving hearing this now because back then it was nothing but negativity. So uh, everybody out there, I love you all. You be listening to Radio R.